Morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? Good. It's been great being with you. I'm just going to move a little bit forward. And Chris, is it Chris? Thank you for the communion. It was excellent. Yeah, thanks so much. You did so well. It was wonderful. So it's been great being with you. And um, we started last week just inching forward. <laughs> we started last week looking at the gospel. Um, if you weren't with us and you'd like some notes from last week, could you just put your hand up quickly and I'm ask Johandre, although he's very lazy, just to actually um, give you some notes. Can you just put your hand up? Thank you. Okay, great. <laughs> um, that's wonderful. So, so guys, last week we, um, we looked at the gospel, um, and um, you, those notes are there for you. We looked at Jesus, we looked at the gospel, what is the gospel, um, and um, we went into that last week, and I think it helped a lot of folk. And um, I was going to talk on the Holy Spirit. We've actually, um, we actually headlined this week, uh, Word and Spirit, um, and talking to my wife before I left, and it's good to listen to your wife as well. Um, she said, why don't, you, why don't you also do some stuff on idols with the church? And I really felt the Holy Spirit just nudge me as she spoke, um, you know, because my wife's amazing, you know. She's not always right, but she's never wrong. And so, um, and so um, we've been married for... We've been married for 43 years uh, in a month or two's time, so it's amazing. So I just felt the Holy Spirit nudge me. So I'm going to do a little bit on idols this morning, but then I also want to pray for folk as well, because I really felt just in the, in the worship, the, the Holy Spirit's here today, wants to touch people, um, wants to move upon people, and God's doing something throughout the world today as well. Um, there's, a, there's a fresh move of God, there's a fresh awakening happen. Um, uh, the Lord gave me a, a, I don't have much time, so you just have to bear with you. I'm going to try and squeeze this in this morning. But the Lord gave me a word uh, a year ago, so um, from the children's story, Sleeping Beauty. And I don't know if you remember that story. You can go and read up on it. And, and the Lord said to me that um, the church today is like Sleeping Beauty. She's beautiful and she's much loved, but she's sleeping. And God's going to awaken her. And it's a story really about a courageous prince who fights his way through to the princess who's lying in the castle and she's sleeping. She's fallen asleep and in fact the whole castle is sleeping and he, he fights his way through to her. And when he sees her, he loves her and he bends down and he kisses her. And as he kisses her, she awakes. She's, she's awoken and, and she gets up. And as she awakes, the whole castle awakes and the whole village awakes. And I feel the Lord is going to, in worship and in our gatherings and in our lives, there's a, there's a, there's a, Jesus is going to kiss his church awake. He's going to wake his church up and cause his church to rise in these days. And so this is the season we're moving into, a season of fresh awakening. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And so what I want to do this morning is I would love to pray for you, but I, I want to just continue. And if you have your notes, let's just turn to the next section. Um, and this is part of the training I do uh, called Gospel and Mission, um, part of the training course I do. I run in churches as well, and um, we looked at the gospel, um, and um, the, these messages are on my website as well, www.africaleadershipschool.org, and part of gospel ministry is to open blind eyes and to help us to see more clearly and last week, what I was really um, wanting to do is for us to see Jesus more clearly and to see the gospel more clearly and, and, and fit that into the, the, the short time we have. It's part of prophetic ministry to open blind eyes. And so this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to continue with that and, 
And instead of just looking at Jesus this morning, I'd like us to look at ourselves this morning. I don't do this often. It's always good, better to look at Jesus than look at ourselves. But I want us to, to look at ourselves this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to be at work to, to allow the gospel to go into our hearts this morning and to change us. And so please be open this morning to the Spirit of God speaking to you and moving you and encouraging you and kissing you awake uh, to the things of God this morning, that God will do something in your life today. Can you say amen? amen? And so, Lord, we just invite you into this place today in the name of Jesus. And so I want to talk to you about idolatry today because one of the things Tim Keller says, and this is a summary of some of his notes as well, he says one of the most important and biblical and practical ways to help people see how they fail to be, believe the gospel is by instructing them in the nature of idolatry. And to see the things that have crept into our hearts and that take the place of Jesus sometimes. And we've all got things in our hearts and our lives that have crept in um, and that we need to give over to Jesus. I have in my own life as well, I've had to work through some things in my own life. Uh, certain things that certain idols I had to confess to others, certain addictions I had to open up to God about and walk in accountability to others. So I'm standing here, not someone who's arrived as a pastor who's arrived or a, or a Christian who's arrived, but someone who has uh, received the grace of God. And I'm continuing to keep my, my eyes upon Jesus. And so I'm going to go through this this morning. Please open your hearts and just touch on, on some of these areas. And so in Exodus um, chapter, in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3, um, the Lord says to the Israelites, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of bondage, out of the house of bondage. That's what he calls it, the house of bondage. And he did that for each one of us. And then in verse 3, he says, you shall have no other gods before me. And so that's right in the very beginning. God gives us that command. And Martin Luther says it's, it's a primary command because all other commands flow from that command. And it's because God is jealous. He, he gives his name right at the beginning of the Old Testament. He said, I'm the Lord your God and my name is Jealous. And so he's jealous over us. He's a jealous lover and he wants all of us for himself. And so when we look at these things and we look at idols and we look at our hearts, it's not just to become introspective, but it's so that God can set you free to be the person that he created you to be. Hallelujah. Jesus said, um, when, if the sun shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And so God wants us to be free of things that bind us and hold us. And what we need to do with us, first of all, is to look at our own hearts. And, 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 and our hearts are really at the very center. Jesus said, out of our hearts come all our desires and our longings and our imaginations out of our hearts. And so the world tells us, I think I said last week, that the problem is out there or in society. And, and the answer is within us. And we can fix it, but the Bible says, no, 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 the answer actually, the, the problem is actually within us. It's our hearts that get corrupted, our hearts that need to be, be changed. We need new hearts under the new covenant. And even as Christians, we need to constantly allow the gospel to renew our hearts 
so that we don't go back to old patterns we had before or develop new patterns where we get stuck as Christians, but we continue to grow. And so this is pretty important, really. And so we need to look at our hearts and we need to make sure that there are not things in our hearts that are blocking the love of Jesus in our hearts. And so we don't just want behavioral change without heart change, because otherwise we're just dealing with the, the shoots, we're not dealing with the roots. And so we want to go into the root of the matter, and we want to look at that, and we want to ask ourselves, what kind of life am I, am I living? Why do I do the things that I do? And when I do sin, and when I do things wrong, and when I get myself into a fix, why do I do that? Why do I, why do I operate in the way I do? And I want to bring that to Jesus today and ask him to help me and to soften my heart. And so what is an idol really? An idol is anything in our lives that becomes more important than Jesus. And in the Old Testament, idols were metal or wood. And today, often idols are mental in our minds or our hearts as well. And an idol is anything that's more important than God in that particular area of your life. It, it absorbs your imagination and your attention. And you seek it to give you what only God can give. And if we keep giving ourselves in a particular area to idolatry, we find there are patterns that develop in our lives. And we find we can develop strongholds, something that has got a strong hold of us on us as Christians. And so this is pretty central, and it's really important for us to look at as well. Idolatry is a primary issue. It's not a secondary issue. And it happens in individual lives, and it also happens in cultures, and it also happens in nations as well. That we, we identify the idols within that nation and within our lives as well. And so sometimes it's difficult to see what's going on in your life. I'm going to ask you some questions this morning. This is kind of like a training workshop. Normally I love preaching and, and, and jumping around and, and preaching the word of God. I am going to preach a bit, but this is also training to help you. Because idols hide. They hide in our lives. And we need our eyes open. We need revelation from the Holy Spirit. And I've been praying that God does that for you to show us what's going on in our lives. Because sometimes good things in our lives can become ultimate things. And we want God to have the, his first place in our, in our lives. And so what we need to do is we need to have a look at things that are going on in our lives in order to identify the idols and then to dismantle them with the power of the gospel. You still with me? Okay, so the way we do that is we need to look at um, what's going on on the outside of our lives, and then we need to look at what's going on on the inside of our lives. We need to look at our, our behavior and, 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 and behavioral sin, why we do the things we do, why do we keep kicking the dog when we come home, why do we keep doing the things we do, and then motivational sin, the things that are going on in our hearts. We need to look at that as well. And so we need to, to look at problem emotions that sometimes come up in our lives. And we need to ask ourselves, why do I keep doing this? If we get angry about things and we, we keep on getting angry over things, we need to ask ourselves, why do I get angry about this? Why is this thing so important for me? Um, 
do I feel that something's being blocked in my life? And when it gets blocked and frustrated, I get angry. And so I need to be aware of my anger, but then listen carefully, I need to look under the anger and ask, what's driving my anger? What's causing me to become angry? I need to look at the gospel unbelief under the sin. I need to look at the gospel unbelief. What am I not trusting God for under my behavior? And when we start doing that, we start really getting on top of what's going on in our lives. And so we need to look at anger and ask ourselves, why am I getting angry? And we need to ask the Lord to show us. And he'll show us. The Holy Spirit will show us if we're struggling with, if we're struggling with fear. Um, we need to ask ourselves, why am I fearful all the time? Why am I fearful? What's going on in my life? And we, we might find that I'm concerned about my safety. But deep down, under, under my concern for safety is a belief that God won't protect me. And so deep under my fear... Is a, is a feeling, well, I don't really believe that God will protect me. And it's good to be safe. It's good to be careful. If you come from South Africa, you have to do that. But sometimes if we, if we give ourselves to fear, if we give ourselves to anger, it's often because we don't believe God can satisfy us and God can protect us and God can help us. If we struggle with things like lust or porn, and it used to be men, but now even women struggle in this area as well. The, the behavior on the outside is, is lust, but the, the driver, the idol underneath can be the need for approval or rejection. Or I, I need to comfort myself with, with pornography or with substance abuse or with something. I, I go there when I'm struggling. Or I go to the fridge when I'm struggling. I just find I'm looking inside and opening the door. And five minutes later, I'm doing it again because I'm comforting myself. And nothing wrong with going to the fridge. It's great. But I've got to watch that I'm not comforting myself with food or other things instead of looking to God. And so I need to look at my behavior and find out what's under the behavior. What's going on in my life? And and ask the Lord to show us. And then secondly, we need to look at problem emotions as well which we've spoken about. What are the problem emotions? What's going on emotionally in my life that's causing me to behave in this way? And, and, and kind of ask God to show you and have a look at it. Get to know your own heart. It's so important. The Bible says in Proverbs, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flow all the issues of life. And so this stuff's important. But then also look at your motivational drives. Understand what's motivating me. Why is this important for me? Um, what's going on in my life? Why is, why, why, is, why, why is this thing so important in my life? And look at those things and ask God to show you and help you. Because sometimes when idols are threatened, it leads to fear and anxiety because I want to stay in control. And when I'm not in control, I get fearful and anxious because I need that control in my life because I don't trust that, I can, that God can control my life. When idols fail us, when we, when we fail our idols, it leads to guilt, and we feel guilty sometimes because we haven't kept the standard. I spoke to someone the other day, and the, the church was doing fasting, and uh, this person was trying to fast, and they were not coping because actually they battle medically to fast. And I said to her, why don't you stop fasting? And she said, but 
if I don't fast, I'm going to feel so guilty because everyone's fasting. I said, but you're not coping, so why don't God understands? Why don't you just pray and drop the fasting and, and, and ask him to, to help you to not feel guilty? And so these are the things that drive us sometimes. Um, when idols are blocked, it sometimes can lead to anger. And so we need to ask God to help us to identify these idols. And I've just got an inventory there. You can work through that on your own where sometimes these things become issues in our lives and we need God's help. And some of these things are good things, but they can become ultimate things. And so power, my life only has meaning if I have power and influence over others. Or approval, my life only has meaning is unless I'm approved. And often as a preacher or a minister, you feel like this. You, you preach a sermon, you're feeling a bit vulnerable, and you go fishing. You say to folk, um, you know, how do you feel that the, the sermon went this morning? Because you're looking for encouragement. There's nothing wrong with that, but you can sometimes live off that. You constantly need approval because you don't feel accepted in the beloved. And sometimes we, we comfort ourselves. Uh, I need this pleasurable experience. I need to do this in order to comfort myself because... I don't feel God can comfort me, or I don't get comfort at home, or I don't get comfort in my life, and I need that acceptance. And so you can go through this, and we find all these things can, can take on, a, they can take on a, a dimension that can take over our lives. Good things can become ultimate things and replace the love of God in our lives in those areas as well. And so we just need to ask the Lord, what characterizes me in this area? And there's things like family there, which is good, but is my family taking on proportions and my children taking on proportions that they shouldn't take on? Have they taken first place in my life? We need to look at these things and ask God to help us. And, and we need to ask, what are some of the problem emotions that come from this? So this is really homework I'm giving you to do um, that flows from the gospel as well. And then there's some questions I've got here. In other words, you please do these. Number one, what is my greatest nightmare? What do I worry about the most? What do I worry about the most? And sometimes these things are secret to us. Secondly, if I failed or lost it, what would we make me feel like I don't want to keep going anymore? And we bring those to the Lord and we simply ask the Lord to help us and to cleanse us and to renew us and refresh us. Um, what, do I, what do I comfort myself when things go bad or get difficult? What do I go to when I'm struggling? That's a big one often for us. Um, when, when I've got free time, what do I think about? Where, where does my imagination go? Um, what am I thinking about in my spare time? Um, what makes me feel the most self-worth? What am I proud of? And then what can I expect to get out of life? Or what prayer unanswered would make me feel about, for turning from God? And so it's important for us to look at these things and ask God to help us and the Holy Spirit to help us, and then bring them to him. There's a little diagram there to bring those to God with application, um, and then to begin to, there's some points there I gave you, just some points. First of all, own your sins. Say, Lord, I see I'm doing this. I see I keep doing this in my life. Won't you, won't you help me, Lord? Won't you forgive me? I've had to speak to my wife and I. I've had to confess to each other our idols, and we've had to ask him to help us, um, to break free from those things as, as Christians. And then secondly, to understand your own heart. Understand the roots of your sin. 
understand what's going on in your life, and then confess your sin. And if you're caught in a pattern of sin, to confess it to others. Sometimes if you're caught in a pattern, it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, if anyone is caught in a sin, others should pray for them and help them in a spirit of gentleness. And sometimes you need a brother or a sister to just talk to so that you can speak to them and they can pray with you as well. And then disown your sin or repent from your sin and say, Lord, I give this to you. Won't you help me? And then you watch it. You watch it time and again, not taking a hold on you. And then finally, ask the Holy Spirit for help. And say, Lord, won't you help me in this area? Won't you come in and, and, and help me? Because, you see, we can't just stop doing these things. We need to replace them with the love of God. You have to expel the idols with the love of God. And so the first thing you need to do is that you need to identify what's going on in your life and then dismantle them through repentance and faith in God. And then you need to ask Jesus to come and fill that area of your life so that they get replaced with the love of God. You say, Lord, I trust that you can comfort me. I trust, Lord, that you can protect me. I trust, Lord, that you can guide me. I trust, Lord, that you're good for me. And we replace it with the gospel. Hallelujah. We replace it with him. And as we do that, he comes into our lives. He surges into our lives. And he begins to take ownership of that particular area of our life again. Hallelujah. It's called the expulsive power of a new affection. And so you can't just stop doing it. If you've got an addiction, if you've got a, a pattern in your life, you'll find you can't stop doing it. It's difficult. But as you worship Jesus and you say, Lord, won't you come in? And won't you, won't you fool me again? And you ask God to help you. And you make yourself accountable to somebody else. And you walk with someone else in the Christian life. Then you'll find that uh, it's, it's much more difficult. I think someone said this last week. It's much more difficult confessing your sins to a brother or a sister than it is sometimes to the Lord. Because it's just between you and him. But when you have to confess to someone else, say, listen, this is, my, this is my issue. This is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm battling in this area. Won't you pray with me? Won't you help me? And then you develop that accountability relationship with someone else. But the main way you're going to get set free, folks, is replacing your idols with the love of God. Hallelujah. With the love of God. And then rejoice in Christ in that area. So we're not just repenting, but we're rejoicing in Jesus again. We're saying, Lord, thank you for what you've done. Come and take over in that area of my life. I'm going to trust you in that area. And the next time you, when you're battling and you're struggling, you go to the fridge and you want to eat and eat and eat, you close the fridge and you say, Lord Jesus, won't you help me right now? Won't you help me right now, Lord, so I don't get comforted just with food or with porn or with whatever. But Lord, I come to you and you're the comfort of my heart. And you can help me, Lord. And you begin to grow in that area. You begin to grow in that area. It's so, so important. And so often when we have struggles, I'm nearly finished. Often when we have struggles and you look at what's going on in your life and you follow your emotions and you follow the struggles back to your own heart, you can find out what's going on in your life. You can, you can discover your idols and you can say, so that's what I'm trusting in. So that's what I'm looking for. I came from a family that struggled a lot with anxiety. My mom struggled a lot with anxiety. My, my, my kids sometimes struggle with anxiety. And when I get anxious, I've got to make sure, I've got to watch it and keep my eyes on Jesus 
and not find ways to alleviate my anxiety. You say, does this happen to Christians? Yes. Do Christians struggle like this? Yes, they do. And prior to any revival, prior to any move of God, it's when we come and we, and we say, Lord, won't you show me and deliver me from my idols, Lord, so that you can have first place in my life. God says, I'm the Lord your God who took you out of the house of bondage. Have no other gods before me. Hallelujah. Because those idols, what idols do, it says in Romans chapter 1, idols blind you, they deceive you, and they enslave you. And sometimes you can't see what's going on in your own life. And God comes and he shows you and he works in your heart and he opens your eyes and you say, Lord, I now see what's going on in my life. Under the sin, under this thing, there's a fear. There's a doubt that you'll provide. You're not truly Lord in that area of my life. And God comes in. He doesn't judge us. He comes in. And he expels those idols and he fills our hearts with the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so deliverance, friends, doesn't just come from following a set of principles. It comes from following and worshiping a person and his name is Jesus. And you're saying, Lord, I don't just want the gospel to go to, um, you know, the Emirates and the far nations of the earth. There's two frontiers for the gospel. The one frontier is the, is the nations of the earth. Jesus said, and this gospel will be preached to all nations and then the end will come. And that's a, that's a challenge. But sometimes the bigger challenge, there's an inward frontier. Lord, let the gospel go into my own heart. Let the gospel change my heart. I want the gospel to impact out there, but Lord, let the gospel keep changing my heart. And we allow the gospel, friends, to renew us and to change us. Often we don't go deep enough in our lives to let God do a deep work. I spoke to someone yesterday. They said they met a a, a Christian leader. They hadn't met him for about a decade or so. And they said, when I spoke to this guy, I realized he hadn't grown an inch since I saw him last. And I said, yeah, that happens sometimes, doesn't it? And so we want to say, Lord, come on, I want to keep growing. I want to be transformed. Hallelujah. I don't want to stay where I am. I want you to deal with these things in my life. I want to be a worshiper of you. And I want to replace these idols with the love of Jesus. And so there are three things you do. You identify them. You unmask them. You take the mask off. Say, Lord, help me. I want to be be open to you. And secondly, you turn away from them. You dismantle them. You watch them. You you, you, You dismantle them. And thirdly, you replace that idol with the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. You don't just repent because if you just repent and don't rejoice, you get depressed. And you don't just rejoice without repentance because that's shallow and you don't change. You repent and rejoice and rejoice and repent and you trust Jesus and you walk with Jesus and he does change you and he does expel idols and he does deal with strongholds by the power of the gospel. Hallelujah. He changes nations and he changes us. And it's absolutely amazing. And so as I close, I want to say tearing down idols in your life is not to destroy you, but to liberate you as a person so that the love of Christ can shine forth from your life, that he begins to change every area of your life. And then also remember that every problem has a gospel solution. 
it's because you're not trusting God in that particular area of your life. Whether it's finances, you're constantly worrying about finances, or you're constantly poverty-stricken, you've got a poverty mentality. Why are you like that? Or maybe it's because your boss is not paying you enough, but maybe it's also because underneath your worry is a belief that God can't really provide for you. And then he comes through and he provides. And he provides again and again. And you say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I want to trust you. And, you. and he becomes Lord in that area of your life. Hallelujah. And then you can witness to others. Not just because you read it in a textbook. Because you can say, let me tell you what God's done in my life. I used to be fearful about finances. And I still worry sometimes. But I can trust God because he's come through again and again and again and again. In the area of sexuality. I struggle with these things. But you know what? I put God first. And he's Lord of my sexuality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's Lord of my cell phone. He's Lord of, you know, he's Lord of every screen I look at. And in other areas of fear. I trust the Lord. Let him, let him go in and take hold of my life. And I begin to rejoice. Friends, it can be a struggle at first, but Jesus has prevailed. And as we trust him, and as we turn to him, he sets us free. He'll set you free. He set me free. And it's an ongoing work. And you start rejoicing. You think, this is amazing. And the devil loses his grip in your life. And he, and, and, and he takes his hands off your life in particular areas. And you begin to grow. And you begin to mature. And you begin to rejoice. And Jesus begins to rule and reign in your life. And you glorify him because your whole heart is after the Lord. Hallelujah. And so God is like that. You say, who is God? God is like a jealous lover. He's like a mad lover. You read Hosea. You read these books. and all He says, Israel, you've sinned against me time and time. But how can I give you up? I love you. And he goes after us. And he chases us. Because he's like a, a lover that doesn't want to let us go. And he comes after us. And when we commit adultery, and when we, I mean, when we use idols, it's like spiritual adultery. And God feels like a jilted lover. And he comes, he says, I want to be first in your life. I want to rule and reign in your life. Because he knows what's best for us. Hallelujah. And so I really pray today as I've spoken, this, is, this normally takes a long, lot more time to teach but I really pray you've got the gist of it. And there are some questions there you can look at. There's a, there's a cycle there for you to look at how to break free from idols. If you know there's something that's going on in your life, make yourself accountable. You know, make yourself accountable um, and, and, and walk with that person. It may just be for a season, but you're being open. And when, when you bring a secret into the light, it breaks its power. It breaks its power straight away. We, darkness gives secrets power. And that's why it says in 1 John, if we walk in the light as he in the light, we, he's talking about we, not just I, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus keeps cleansing us for our sin. And I've had, we've had to do that as elders. We've had to confess our sins to one another. That time we're not going to do the agenda now. We're just going to, how are you doing? How's it going in your life? Are you struggling right now? What are you struggling with? Be open with each other. So we don't just know one another's strengths, but we know one another's idols. And the, the, the things that we're working through. And it becomes wonderful and becomes real and it becomes honest and it becomes New Testament. And it becomes open. And God's at work amongst us. So it's the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit coming in to those areas of our lives and our hearts. And he fills us again. And he fills us. And he makes us more like Christ. Hallelujah. And he prepares the way for revival to come. 
He prepares the way for the spirit to move in your life. He rushes in because he senses a heart that's totally given over to him. Hallelujah. Amen.